0: It is Locked On Jazz for the 7th of November. They just keep winning. And they keep winning in close games. The final two plays last night are symbolic, emblematic, whatever you want to call it, for the entire season. And we're going to look at those two, then talk Mike Conley. How impressive has Will Hardy been? They're doing it together. They did have some offensive struggles against the Clippers. We're going through it all. Coming up on today. And, and, and Is it real? We're doing it all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? Okay, that's the stupidest question in the world if you're a jazz fan. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. If you are a new listener because the jazz have excited you and you want to know what's going on with this team. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. And may I ask you to please subscribe or follow. It's free on all podcasting apps or subscribe or follow on YouTube and hit the little bell button that notifies you when we do something live. Ron Boone and I do postcast after every game. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And uh, welcome to the program if you're a new uh, jazz fan. Uh, Welcome back. Kind of, sort of. Not really. Okay, welcome back, because we're in a good mood, to all of you that claimed you were never watching the Jazz again after they traded Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. But it was probably like the third time you claimed that in four years. So, it is so great right now. They're playing so well. They're playing for each other. They're playing committed. Um, And the word that everyone uses around it is fun. They're just playing beautiful, beautiful basketball. Uh, And it's it's incredible they're eight and three they're the best record in the Western Conference right now they have beat really legitimate teams right they've beat Denver Minnesota New Orleans Memphis the Clippers and then they've also beat the Lakers in Houston oh when you're on the top it's fun to giggle at people um so it is just remarkable right now Absolutely remarkable. Uh, Great trip down to LA. The Jazz beat both the Lakers and the Clippers. The Lakers game tonight, uh, obviously, we'll we'll touch on tomorrow. And the Laker game Friday seems to be like a distant memory after last night's incredible performance. Um, And clutch performance. So if you didn't catch the game, all good. There's life. There's things in the way. It's why we have game to game. It's why we have lockdown sports today. But here's the story. There's a lot of different things to this game, but and a ton of stories about this game. And there's a Colin Sexton story that didn't seem to get into the paper. That Colin Sexton, during the game, when Marcus Morris Senior was going bananas or kind of handling Malik Beasley, Colin Sexton at six one told him, "I'll take him." His unrelenting competitiveness is something else. But the here's the story of the night. It's we're going through the fourth quarter, wondering how long the Jazz can go without Mike Conley. Mike Conley had checked out of the game with the Jazz leading 81-77 with two sixteen left in the third quarter. By the time we hit the fourth quarter, the Jazz were trailing. And by the time we were like, and I had said on the air, can we get to the eight-minute mark? Can we get to the six-minute mark? Where can we get to? And all of a sudden, the Jazz are down by the score of 91-87. And that's enough. 844 left. It's 91-87 Clippers. And Will Hardy brings Mike Conley back with eight twenty nine left la- or eight forty four left, and Mike Conley promptly gets the fir- a layup right away. He then does miss a three, but the Jazz outscore the Clippers from ninety one eighty seven. They close down the stretch, outscoring the Clippers twenty three to eleven after Mike Conley checks into the game. Now Kawhi Leonard's not there, and they certainly miss Luke Kennard because that's not a good shooting team, but. That's a Clipper team that is built to supposedly win a lot of basketball games this year. They're the team that I had as one of the favorites for the whole season, and maybe still are if they get healthy. But last night, it felt like they had too many pieces. And this is a, that's a, I mean, it's what happened to us last year. You you can get too many pieces. You can get enough not, not enough balls floating around, and they feel that way a little bit. Norman Powell doesn't look right. We don't need to talk about them too much, but Norman Powell doesn't look comfortable. Um, John Wall taking 15 shots really starts to send things in a funny way. Reggie Jackson doesn't look that comfortable. Nicholas Batum... It's kind of a bit piece that seems uninvolved. You're probably better off having a 21-year-old guy flying around doing that. Um, they, they seem a little off. Paul George was brilliant, 34. Marcus Moore Sr. was great. But now let's get the Jazz winning. Let's get back to the Jazz. I want to go through the final two plays of the night because to me those plays are so symbolic of everything that is so great about what this team has been this year. So the first thing is you come down here and, and the game, you know, the Jazz have actually kind of, if if we're really being honest about it, the Jazz have gained control of this game already. It's one hundred six, one hundred two, and there's a minute fifteen left. You're you're actually in pretty good shape. You're gonna you're gonna likely win this game. You need a field goal, and the the final one, you're up one hundred eight, one hundred two with twenty four seconds left. You actually have the game, but they're still kind of. Symbolic of what we're seeing at, at this point, the half-court offense hasn't worked great. Conley's missed a nine-footer. Beasley's turned it over out of bounds. Sexton's missed a five-foot lip. We've been getting almost all of our buckets on <clears throat> free throws for most of the quarter. We weren't shooting well. There was a big Malik Beasley three. a Shake it, Malik. Shake it at 4:13 left. He actually I got on the plane last night. and He looks at me. He was greeting all of us as we got on the plane. He's such a great energy guy, and he literally said to me, "Shake it, shake it." He someone had told him so. um Anyway, the I'm all over the place. haven't slept. So let's go through these final two plays. Because I do think they're symbolic of the whole season. The Beasley three is actually two. So the first thing is you just don't know where we're going. We've got Clarkson. Or excuse me, we don't have Clarkson. We've Sexton, Beasley, Alinek, Conley, and Markin on the floor. Anybody can make the play here. So it opens up on the left side of the floor. The Jazz take a little while getting into spacing. And then they play, instead of the two-man game that they've been playing so much, with... With Markinon and Conley, they go left side of the floor and they play two-man game with Conley and Linux. So we haven't really seen this this year. So there's one aspect of this that's symbolic of the season. It's another piece of a puzzle that hasn't been what we usually, usually do. Okay, Beasley's lifted high, Sexton's the third guy in the middle guy, and Markinon is the corner guy. Our middle guy cuts. There's some point, I don't know what the rules are, I don't know what Will's taught here, there's some point in the process where our middle guy cuts. If there's three guys, the guy at the top, there's the guy in the middle, free throw line extended, there's guy in the corner, the guy free throw line extended cuts. That just kind of, you have to for spacing, but it's also how we play. So Conley comes around the middle, pick and roll, jump stops at the top of the key, and flares it back to Olenek. Here's the next part that's symbolic to us. This is a bad pass, Olenek catches it on his outside right foot, and every single guy on our team can dribble, pass, and shoot. Vando's probably the one guy who can't really shoot, and he's shooting 50% from three. But every single guy on our team can dribble, pass, or shoot, which makes us really, really hard to guard. Spacing is still the same. Now Conley's at top, and a Linux isolated on the left wing, and now has Paul George on him. Because they have taken Paul George at six foot nine and put him on Mike Conley to try to bother Mike Conley with height. Analytic drives the left hand, spins back to the middle. They now bring the help defender. Where does the help defender come from? So they now bring the guy who's guarding in slides over on the baseline as the help defender to cut it off. The guy guarding Colin Sexton, which is Tanner's man, slides down because Markinen cuts. Multiple cuts. Markinon cuts the baseline. So man, who has slid down, who was guarding Colin Sexton has to slide down to go help on Lowry Markkinen's cut. Markin's not available because Mann's cut him off. Malik Beasley's at the top. Colin Sexton's wide. John Wall is now forced to defend both of them. Sexton cuts. If Sexton's not open, Malik Beasley's wide open for three. One of those two is happening no matter what it's a beautiful set play I I'm not sure if you if you decide the only way to guard this is to decide you're not double teaming Linux, which probably maybe you shouldn't have um And then sex and cuts catches and dunks And John Wall is thinking like wait, how'd I get beat on that cut? but if you'd cut off that cut Malik Beasley's open for three, I mean I mean open for three like open for three not like sort of open like wide open for three. So, it and the cutting has, has really become our signature. So let's go to it again. Here's the next play. Similar setup. Exactly, exact same setup, actually. Paul George is up on Mike Conley. Kelly Olynyk is going to be the guy. Marcus Morris tries to get physical, physical with Olynyk, so he can't get the pick to him. Paul George is hassling the hell out of Mike Conley. This play is a disaster. And this is where Will Hardy's been so great all year. Don't be robots. Play basketball. Don't be robots. Play basketball. And I'll explain that as we continue and looking at these two plays uh, here in a second. But this is now the same play, but completely 100% blown up. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross. Also in Logan, the Chevy lineup of the trucks with the Suburban and the Tahoe, you know so, or the SUVs with the Suburban and the Tahoe, you know so well, is great. The lineup of the trucks is amazing. The Colorado, as well as the Silverado. There's really not much like the Chevy truck in America, and it is the ultimate of Americana. And the Murdochs have been in Utah for over 90 years. So you're getting Americana, you're getting Utah, you're getting the season of giving, you're getting $5,000 off the Silverado 2.7 half ton, $1,500. you are getting it all right now at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also located. Located in Logan. If you're going to stop by, please stop by and join us. i got over 100 in stock available to drive home today. And if you've never driven that Silverado truck, seriously takes a moment or two and do it. Because it is just literally like driving a lazy boy uh, chair. Driving a huge car in a lazy boy chair. It is so comfortable, so amazing, and so great. So make sure you get that done. Over at Murdoch Hyundai. Located in Woods Cross. Also in Logan. And again, email me first at dlock 9 at gmail.com. That's DLock09 at gmail.com. Well, there's a big night of 30 NBA, 30 NBA teams action, active tonight. 15 NBA games, 100 percent deposit match, up to 100 dollars with a promo code locked on at prize picks. Can't be a much better night to get involved than with prize picks tonight because there is just so many games. So much fun to have going on for you tonight. You pick two to five players if they'll score more or less of their prize-picked projections, and you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus projections available. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less if it's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com and sign up for your daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit. Match up to $100 with the promo code locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. If you deposit $79.50, you'll get $79.50. You got it. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON because that's how you get your instant deposit match up to $100. It's all at PrizePix. Thanks so much for making LockedOn Jazz your first Listen of the day. We are free, available on all podcasting apps. If you're a new first-time listener to the Jazz, grab your attention. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. It's super great to have you with us uh, on the show. Please subscribe and in YouTube uh, chat with everyone as we're having fun. Uh, great involvement there. All right, let's go to play number two. So it's blown up, right? It's totally blown up. Nothing's going the way it's supposed to here. So Mike Conley now is being forced by Paul George. I mean, this is great defense. Paul George is up on Mike Conley at 35 feet. And at 6'1", Mike can't get off. And Marcus Morris is bodying up on Kelly Olynyk. And the game's frankly over at this point, but it's still symbolic. And so left-hand drive by Conley. He can't get to the pick. He tries. He gets back. Now he, fi- he goes down left. He comes back. He can't really get to it. J- they just don't have contact. So, But they get close enough to each other because they're both veterans to understand At which point, the Clippers, with all this pressure, kind of blow it. I don't know what their game plan was, but if they were switching, they got, Linux got close enough to Conley, kind of rubbed off Paul George, enough, and really incredible work by Mike Conley and Kelly Olenek to even get to that point, that Marcus Morris now switches on to Mike Conley. And Paul George is now caught in no man's land, so Olenek catches and Olenek catches and gets it at the block. This time, John Wall slides in front of Colin Sexton. Terrence Mann slides out. Markkanen decides not to slice. So Olenek catches. There's literally four guys around him at this point. He's, he's pretty suffocated underneath. Markenden is holding in the right corner. Sexton, who cut last time, is now cut off by John Wall. literally puts a body on him. And Malik Beasley is, is wide open. Olenek spins out of it under the pressure, dribbles to the middle of the lane. Sexton does a really neat job where Sexton, he kind of just stays around the middle of the court and kind of retreats out and stays available. John Wall, worried about Malik Beasley, leaves Colin Sexton now, which is a little weird, but John Wall's never been known as an off-ball defender. And, but he was also in a situation because they doubled Linux on the drive that both guys were there. So they find Sexton, Great help defense there by Norman Powell. And Terrence Mann, so Powell's now guarding. Terrence Mann comes over the baseline and now and slices around the backside and gets the layup. So again, multiple cuts, spaced floor, unselfish play. Everything that this Jazz team has been about all year long. It's really, really impressive in so many ways. Um, I want to take a look at the Beasley three as well because I think that's another one that's symbolic of everything that's going on here and again it's just Mike Conley's calmness so they come down the floor early they had some sp- half court issues last night we did not play great half we struggled half court they get down in early spacing this time they're working the right side of the floor and immediately they go to a Olenek in the post and by the way it's worth noting that every single one of these plays seems to go through Kelly Olenek who is just awesome He is such a good basketball player. He does everything right. He moves the ball. He can pass. He can dribble. He can see the floor. He's playing with such confidence. He's a marvelous, marvelous player. Um, It's it's an interesting play to try to figure out, you know, truly how good he is and how he ranks because he has all sort of things where you want to disparage him and you shouldn't because he just makes good. So Mike Conley throws the entry pass. And now we have the, we're on the other side. So we're on the right side with a And the spacing is Beasley, Marking, and, and then I think it's sex at the top. And a is just, just bumping it back. And the Clippers send a weird double team that kind of makes no sense. Uh, again, they kept double teaming a Linux in the post. And this time they come off Beasley. And this one's actually just an easy straight pass to Malik Beasley who buries the three. And the reason I bring this one up, because it's not very complicated, it's not a sign that Jazz did anything great, is teams actually just blow stuff all the time. And our guys are just catching people. We're just stealing points all night long. And we're stealing points on offensive rebounds. We're stealing points by being in transition. We're stealing points by cutting for easy layups. You know, will kind of has said a few different times this year that, you know, just being a jump shooter in this league and trying to score that way is super hard. And it's, It's a little interesting because the Clippers are kind of there. They're not going to the free throw line at all. They're last in the league offensively, but they're 17th in shooting. It doesn't make a lot of sense that that's possible. Um, But it is hard just to be a jump shooter all night long. And we kind of started the night there. I think we ended up with two shots at the rim in the first quarter. We only had six shots in the rim in the first half. We got six more in the third. And then in the fourth, we just attacked. And Colin Sexton played brilliant brilliant basketball, attacking, attacking, and tacking um, the ba- the basket with uh, relentless energy and pizzazz playing off Mike Conley. And this is another area where we've got to give Will Hartney some credit because he is figuring out how to use these players. This is one where, just honestly, I don't think any, any of us would have got. So Colin Sexton's is just not a point guard. And he got heavily criticized in Cleveland for this. He got, you know, the veterans came after him for not passing. And did it. Okay, I can totally see it. He doesn't have a natural feel for the game. He doesn't see things that develop. He, he kind of predetermines. He does what he thinks he should do. Right. He's such a wonderful burst of energy and exuberance. And he, and he wants to please. You can kind of see that in him. And so I need to pass this time. But it's not a read. It's I need to pass this time. And it, it doesn't work well. And you know it's evident when, when Collin's on the floor right now without Mike, we, we really scuffle like and, and that's going to start happening less and less and less. You can feel it. We're, we're minus nine, our offense is in the 29th percentile, our defense is in the 16th. But you let Collins Sexton play next to Mike Conley. and unfortunately Nba.com no longer has the impact stats where you could look at Collins numbers just with Mike, but the team numbers were plus 20 per 100 possessions when they're on the floor together. We're 134 offensive rating and a 114 defensive rating. Defense isn't great there. The offense is the 100th percentile. Like this, Will Hardy is figuring out how to use Colin Sexton for his best ability. Colin Sexton came in the other night. He opened up. He played the first kind of two minutes with Mike Conley, and then he finishes the rest of the quarter playing the final four minutes without Mike Conley. And then he comes back in the game, and he plays – matched completely with Mike Conley to end the second quarter for six minutes and 31 seconds. So if Mike, in Collin Sexton's first half, he ends up playing, you know, about 12 minutes on pace for 24, maybe 25. And he plays four of them without Mike Conley, eight of them with. And in the second half, he ends up doing almost the exact same thing. And that, you know, and and what happened? We were mi- in the four minutes where Collin's on without Mike, we were minus two in the first half and in the uh, Mike left the game here. Um, and in the two and a half minutes without Mike, we were minus three, uh, where Colin's on the floor. And we're not great with Mike without Colin either, let's be perfectly clear. But it's just, we're not, that's just not a natural thing. So Will Hardy instead has figured out like, okay, well I bring Mike Conley back and let Colin Sexton. And then there was another, by the way, minute there where we're minus two. So last night when Mike Conley's off the floor and Colin Sexton's on, in very limited time, we're minus seven. Okay. I'm not criticizing Colin Sexton. This is just not what he does. What Will Hardy's figuring out is what he does. What he does is he attacks. He can shoot it. He can score it. He is a six foot one powerhouse of a shooting guard, and that's got limitations. But right now, it's pretty awesome. And Will Hardy's figuring out how to make it work. And he's carrying the Jazz to clutch late game plays. And he plays with an exuberance and an energy and a pizzazz and a commitment to winning and desire. That's awesome. And that's really an example of kind of what Will Hardy's done with this team. We struggled last night. I mean, we really, really struggled last night. Offensively, our half-court rating in the first quarter was 77. Our half-court rating at the end of three quarters was an 88. Um, That's where I'm stunned we won last night. The Clippers going into the fourth quarter, the Clippers' offensive rating is a 106, and ours is an 88, and you're heading into the fourth quarter – where you're going to suddenly have a hard time scoring. Because it's half court. You're not going to be in transition. We were averaging 1.9 points per transition in the first three quarters. We were in transition only about 12% of the time. We had zero corner threes the entire game. The Clippers had really played a a really good game against us. And frankly, if you're going to beat this Jazz team, you have to play really well. Dallas did the other night. Like If you go back and listen to Locked on Jazz a few nights ago, we said Dallas did. We... The Jazz end up with 15 shots at the rim all night, but they end up going to the free throw line a ton late, so those count. They hit, they go two for two in corner threes in the fourth quarter after having not hit a corner three the whole time, and they end the night with a .91 half court rating, not great, 38th percentile, and find and weren't didn't didn't do an incredible job on the offensive boards without Vando. Like this is what's really interesting, and where like is this real? There's more and more things that say this is real because of the way they're winning games. They're doing they're stealing points, as I talked about. Last night they win the games, they won the game at the free throw line. They attacked, and the Clippers don't shoot free throws. And the Clippers offense is super bad because of the fact that like last in the league, because they don't shoot free throws. But usually the Jazz are winning the three point shot distribution game and the shot distribution game, they kind of lost the shot distribution game last night a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. The Clippers had 27 shots at the rims. The Jazz had 15, but the Jazz had the free throws. So that's why I say a little bit. The Jazz half-court offense struggled, but then in the fourth quarter, the half-court defense got really good, and the Clippers went over 11 from three. That could be just being fortunate. It's really something else. All right, I want to talk about Will Hardy, and we'll do that as we continue here. It is Locked on Jazz. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. I want to make sure you make Locked On Sports Today your second, listen, 22-minute recap of all things sports, of everything that's going on in the sports world, recapping uh, the world and getting up to date. If you have a wife, a kid, a dog, a job, all the things that take you away from watching sports every minute like you'd like to, Locked On Sports Today is here for you. So I've spent more time with Will Hardy, getting to know him. Don't know him yet at all, but had some great conversations, shared, he's given me two books to read, which I'm excited to read on this upcoming trip. Um, Here's the thing that jumped out to me the most about Will Hardy um, in this trip. So, again, I've said this a lot. We hear the phrase, he's super bright. Okay, well, what does that mean? What does that truly, truly mean that he's really bright? After this, he's calculated in a good way. And without breaking his trust of our conversations, the thing that jumped out to me the most in talking to him there's nothing right now that's happening by accident or that he's uncertain of in his first year as a head coach. He's been planning on being an NBA head coach, I would say, every minute in some extent since he got into the film room in San Antonio. When he got the job in the film room of San Antonio, I think if he was really honest, he set his objective to be an NBA head coach at that day and started doing things to be prepared to be an NBA head coach. And then stage two, I would tell you that as he's gotten closer, so let's say in the last three or four years, it became evident. He's coaching summer league for the Spurs. Okay, like, well, you're going to be a head coach at this point. Like You're under the Popovichian tree, and you're the summer league coach. Like, you're going to... He has done everything he could to that he could think of to prepare himself to be an NBA head coach. <clears throat> Whether it was how he watched the game, how he prepared himself, how he developed his skills, how he read, how he learned, how he, whatever it might be. From talking to him, that's what's most evident. And also what's most evident is how clearly clear his vision is to what he's doing with this team and how it needs to play and how it needs to be treated and how it needs to act and how it needs to come together. And it is coming together. But none of the things that are happening right now with Will Hardy are accidental. There's not a fly by the sea, of the pants. I'll figure this out as I'm going along first year head coach thing going on here. And it was interesting. Ty Lue yesterday was really interesting about these young coaches are coming to the league. Taylor Jenkins, I'm sure, fits this same mold. And Taylor Jenkins and Will Hardy are pretty close. You know, Penn background, Williams background. These are elite educate, educate, elite, elite educations that these guys got as well. But I don't think that Taylor Jenkins got the head coaching job and thought, this, oh, my gosh, how do I do this? Like, Will, I don't think Will Hardy got this job and is, like, making a great deal of stuff up as he goes along. You know, you listened to him talk earlier this year. The first tip to me was when he talked about environment. And we're really conscious of the environment we have for our team each and every day and what they're existing in. That was the first kind of tip to me that there was something a little different. Some of the conversations we had on this trip are even further solidify that. He knows exactly what he's trying to learn as the season goes on about the league, the team, and the, his team, and other teams. He knows exactly where he's trying to look to find those things. He knows exactly where he thinks he can pick up information that will be helpful. He, he, he knows exactly what he needs as a person to become better, and he's doing those things. And he's been doing them for a while, not, oh, shoot, I have this thing where I got to get better, and I'm going to go. It's very, very, it's a, it's a plan. It's a well executed Bill, Will Hardy, LLC plan. And the beauty of it is that he's on the player's journey. There are really two types of coaches. And this is where things wear out over time. There are coaches who are on the journey of the players, and then there are coaches whose the players are on their journey. And the worry you have when you have a young coach is that it's they're so obsessed with their greatness, their power, their success that they end up creating an environment in which the you, you are on the player is on their journey. That wears out over time. Now. I mean, credit to Quinn. Eight years is not wearing out. So clearly, Quinn, we've, we were fortunate in having that. Right, Jerry clearly had that as well. We, we've in Utah, we've had this where it's clearly the players, the coaches are allowing are a part of the players' journey. But there's plenty of places where the players feel as though they're a part of the coach's journey. Collegiate sports, that's very true. But you only have to have them for three or four years, so you can get away with it. But it's been it was really an interesting trip in that regard for me in seeing who's leading this ship and who he is and he'll continue to open eyes. He's, he's got this thing. He's, he's got this thing dialed. All right. That is locked on jazz today. Thanks so very much. Uh, jazz Lakers tonight. How about the world that we don't even like preview a jazz Lakers game, but the jazz are going to be super tired. The Lakers got here first, but the Lakers are they're They're not good. And, um, they're kind of a mess. And LeBron, doesn't have any pop, and Anthony Davis looks really heavy and is not playing well in second halves of games. So um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens tonight on back-to-back. Could be a super sloppy game, and so mental fortitude, I think, will hold through this one. I would, and We'll see what Mike Conley does tonight. Um, he's He wants to play all the time. I, I'll be interested to see. He's, he's had a huge burden on him, so we'll see what happens here. It is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. It's Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day, go make Locked on Sports Today your second listen. Have a great one.